Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, we of course want to tell you about DraftKings. We've been talking about it all year long, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us in the state of Arizona, like most of you are, we are about a month away from DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook coming to the state of Arizona for real, so you got to get a head start on signing up with that promo code THPN while you can. Get ahead of the game, because right now... The games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. That's right. DraftKings has free-to-play pools every day of the games in Tokyo, and they are offering a free shot of up to $50,000 in cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs, and the best part is it is indeed free-to-play. Questions range from metal count to questions specific to the USA team. All you got to do, once again, is download the top-rated DraftKings app right now. Use the promo code THPN when you sign up, and you get a free shot out of up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page and get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. I'm highly distracted right now. Uh, Richie brought up what songs he should be listening to before we go to the All Time Low concert uh, next Sunday. So I have been um, also trying to figure out what outfit I'm going to wear. So I've been doing a lot of music and outfit research before this podcast. That is totally nothing related with Coyotes. And I 100% blame my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. Now, see, this is we we did go off on a massive, massive tangent before the show, but I feel like that is our our friendship in a nutshell when we just dive off into random tangents. So, yes, you sent me a playlist which I will listen to this week to prepare for the show coming up on on Sunday at the Van Buren. I am very excited for it. It'll be my first concert in since late February of 2020 um, at Innings Fest and Weezer was the last concert I went to. So I'm very excited to go to this one uh, and get my pump, my pop punk on and, 
and you guys can make fun of me all you want for not knowing any of the songs. Um, you, you and Kat still make fun of me to this day, five years or six years after the fact about the concert, about the, <laughs> the, um, the, Do you the, even remember the band's name? Yes. Yes. It's just at the tip of my tongue and I, I lost I'm staring, it. No joke. Staring at one of their albums right now. Cause I actually like have the CD sitting on this desk right here. So it's kind of ironic. I just, I completely for just, Slip! Oh my God! Oh no! I don't want to trip and Fallout Boy. Yeah. There we go. Jesus Christ! Yes, when we went to the Fallout Boy concert at Pot of Gold back in 2015, you guys made fun of me because I knew none of the songs. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what world you were living in, Richie. To be honest with you. It's funny because there's certain things like All Time Low. I could kind of understand someone not knowing music by All Time Low. Like, uh, it's. I just feel like it wasn't as, you know, it was mainstream, obviously, but it wasn't as mainstream, I feel like, as some of the others. You know, like, um, Fall Out Boy, you, would, you kind of have to be, sorry, living under a rock to not know Fall Out Boy. Um, same, I would probably say with Blink-182, at least not knowing, like, their existence type of a thing, you know, like, not knowing their main songs. Um, All Time Low, I feel, was a little bit more in the niche of the genre, and you kind of had to be, like, introduced to it. Um, like, I really liked that genre, but I, I had a friend who introduced it to me, so, um... And then had, like, a deep obsession for, like, a little bit. Um, so I can I can give you a pass a little bit. I just really hope that you listen to my playlist, listen to the album in particular that I sent you, because that one's my favorite one. And then you'll at least know all of my favorite songs, and so that's all that matters anyways. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm going to agree with you on that. Now... Kat's not joining us on this episode. She is um, out uh, taking care of her daughter right now in the other room. So not available on this episode to have any retort to what I'm about to say. But I'm going to say this with the utmost sincerity. I'm not I'm not bullshitting you here. Your music tastes are one million times better than Kat's. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's funny. There is like a... there. Kat and I like very similar mm -hmm. music and like genre wise, but it's funny because I was even saying it when I was going down one of the playlists and I was like, Oh, Kat likes this song, but I'm not as big on that one. That's literally when I was making that playlist. I was like, if you want to listen to that one, Kat really likes that one, but I'm not as big on that one as she is. And so it's just funny because there is like a, a differentiator. I'm not even sure exactly what it is. It's like, I, I feel like I go into, I guess more of the end. It's funny. I always still complain that like, it's considered emo now. A lot of the music I liked is emo. Um, I always felt like it was more like punk rock, but I lean, I think a little bit more towards the like punk rocky side. And she lends a little bit more to the, um, like emo side and the fact that she likes ones that are a little bit more like emotional and stuff. But like I, but at the same time, I'm a massive Blink-182 fan and people want to call that super emo. So 
who knows? <laughs> and then you have me who outside of green day, I don't have any particular enjoyment in listening to pop punk or emo, a little bit of blink 182. I enjoy them from time to time, but I feel like green day and, and blink 182, like through their evolution got less and less punkish and became a lot more mainstream and more, more, I don't say particular poppy, but more, you know, pop rocky than they were pump pock, punk, punk rock, basically. You know punk what I mean? Rock, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I can kind of see that if they did evolve as they went, I mean, it, they didn't evolve a ton, which is why Blink-182's lead singer had left uh, the band in order to make his own, which was Angels and Airwaves, which is great. Um, there will be, I'm not going to tell it on the podcast, but there, there's a part, there's a song of theirs that's going to be a part of my wedding. Um, so I, they didn't evolve enough for his liking because of the fact that, you know, he wanted it to change into a whole different sound. His is kind of, that's kind of like a space rock is like, I think this genre, they technically like put it under inside all of that. Um, but they did evolve some, you know, especially with getting a new lead singer and stuff like that changes a little bit. Their uh, album California got um, a little bit, more mainstreamy but it's also the times have changed things are a lot different from the 90s um in the fact of you know the the skateboarders and um you know that california craze i think is still a little bit around but not as around as it was back then so the sound's also a little bit different and so on and so forth so i think that's part of it but yeah it they did kind of I mean, you like two new all-time low songs, though, and they're pretty more mainstreamy than they used to be. Exactly. Those are yeah. My the only two songs I'm I'm most familiar with with all-time low are um, Monsters, which I think is is super fun and great. It's on the radio all the time. And then their other um, you know lead sing or one of their other lead singles that they have out right now too. Um, one of their um, from one of the singles they put out. Also, I, I really enjoy that one too. So, uh, yes. So those two songs I, I will be most looking forward to during the show. Cause I actually know them and they're actually super dope. Oh, once in a lifetime is the other one. And they, and that's the thing is you also have to have like a good singer in it too. And the fact that like, you know, like Tom DeLonge, he was just, he's very unique, but he was a very, really great singer. There's a, there's a, very small difference between being like a punk rock or quote unquote emo band that is like good and had and that I enjoy and being like simple plan that gets really whiny. Mm -hmm. They can get whiny really fast. And I have ruined some simple plan fans by pointing out how freaking whiny his voice is. It's so bad. I'm it's glad a, you yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because especially when I was younger, that was what never I never enjoyed listening to it because so many of the band's vocals were like that. That they I just couldn't stand them because they were they sounded so whiny and so just annoying. 
Yes, let's talk about Darcy Kemper now. We didn't get a chance to talk about it in the last episode because we had already pre-recorded the show. And, by the way, thank you for everybody and, and the great feedback that we received on that episode where we talked a lot about Logan and Mayu and, and you and Kat had a really terrific conversation about it. Got a really great amount of feedback on that episode. And we know it was a different tact for us to take on the show. And we usually don't normally get that serious, but it was very well received from a lot of people. Got a lot of a, a few good messages and comments about it. And and so we thank you for listening. If And uh, I'm sorry if you're turning back into us because now we've spent 25 minutes talking about punk music. But thank you for listening to the last episode. We really appreciate it. So that's why we didn't get a chance to talk about Darcy Kemper on that show. Um, so we're going to do it now. And shocker, uh, I called this. I would just like to point that out. Uh, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I've been telling you that Darcy Kemper was going to be traded for months on their show. Pretty much as soon as the season ended, I figured he was going to be traded. And now I, I would like to point out that um, in recognition of me being correct, Kat did buy me a six-pack of beer for being correct. So thank you for that, Kat. And, um, and here's what they received in case you missed it. Of course, they received a first round pick in 2022 and they also, uh, received Connor Timmons, the right-handed defenseman, the young defenseman from Colorado. And they also got a 2024 conditional third round pick. That's going to be based off of playing time for Darcy Kemper and how far the avalanche make it into the playoffs. So, um, I, Tweeted this out at the time. It was it was very sad, obviously, to lose Darcy. Uh, fan favorite over the last couple of years. Darcy for Vesna for all, always, in my mind. But it was a, a trade that they had to do. And just once again, Bill Armstrong continues to load up on the draft picks. Yeah. Uh, what What is it now? Is it, is it 11 in the first two rounds or something like that uh, let me let me let me let me pull this up 11 picks in the 2022 draft mm-hmm. including seven in the first two rounds two first rounders and five second rounders sorry i started hallucinating how many uh second rounders are around now because of the fact that they have been picking up so many second rounders at this point i'm honestly saying and hoping that the 2022 draft ends up being as fruitful as they are hoping and desiring and thinking because of the fact that um, they're putting literally all of their eggs in that basket and they're really officially just going for a hardcore tank. Um the reason why Kat and I were on the let's not trade Darcy side is um, just because my, one of my favorite things to like say to people in general in life is just because you could doesn't mean you should. And that's uh, one of the things that I think we were kind of saying is just because you can doesn't mean you absolutely should because of the fact of, you know, we, we went into detail on it. Um, on that podcast about what position it puts the other goaltenders in and, and all that type of stuff. But, um, you know, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, I think it was probably coming. Um, I, I'm not 
like a hundred percent happy with it, but I also am like, but I get it. it, and I'm glad they got what they got for him. And his price at that point, with him being um, in that position, he had a very very high price. And there's, I'm, I don't think they ever thought his price would be any higher than it was at that moment. So why not take advantage of it? And I, and I totally get it. It's also just really hard to watch this team turn into such a tanking team. It was funny. A friend of mine had actually said to me the other day at dinner, what What are you going to talk about on the podcast now? The The whole team is gone. And it's it's actually kind of funny because it's it's true. Everyone in a matter of a day was just basically saying their goodbyes to the team and it got so dark it literally the only like good things that came out of it was fisher's bag was found after being stolen and uh craig morgan started posting the dogs of all of the players that were leaving the team so uh it was a lot to digest i feel like in you know in a day span and i think um out of anyone darcy kemper is really going to be missed in the fact that you know he and ronta were really kind of just holding this team together for many many games Mm -hmm. and for multiple seasons and so the fact that they gave what they did to this team to see them go is honestly the only other person that I felt the same type of like sadness about was Connor Garland and the fact that he gave that extra oomph to kind of save this team this last season. But there's a sentimentalness to it that just makes the entire thing difficult. Yeah, it's that's the thing that sucks about a rebuild is it's always going to be a tough pill to swallow, especially for the Coyotes who, you know, their fan base has been through it now for over a decade, you know, basically. Since the last time they made that run to the Western Conference Final in 2012, it's been almost a constant rebuild. And they made the one playoff series obviously against um against Colorado that did not go well for the Coyotes obviously but other than that it's it's just more of the same for this franchise and it's unfortunate and something that you've talked about a couple weeks ago it's you know a team like the Coyotes can't afford to have losing seasons because you're going to lose fans you're going to lose attendance you're going to lose buzz and that's the unfortunate thing, but you know, I, I, I still want to be optimistic and say that they're doing it the right way this time, as opposed to in the past when I feel like they haven't and they made reaches that they shouldn't have made and they tried to put together rosters that they really shouldn't have put together. And I'm speaking a lot, of course, the decision to draft Dylan Strom over Mitch Marner, the Max Domi. Um, situation, the situation with Anthony Duclair. I'm speaking mostly of that situation and how that was handled and how it set the team back a few years. But I feel like it's going in the right direction now. And if anything, we can look at 
and I made this comparison when Andre Torini was hired too, we can look at how the Phoenix Suns were built and how quickly they were able to get back into contention when two years ago, when that you know when that team was as bad as they were for a decade, and then all of a sudden they put the right coach in place, they made a couple moves, and then just everything just clicked. And maybe that's what can happen to the Coyotes here by the time 2023, 2024 hits. And who knows, maybe by then, 24, 25, three or four years down the road, they have a really good young team that's put together, and they'll be playing in a new rink. You know, like, it just, at least there's hope out there. Yeah, I mean, if they succeed in what they're doing and they make a quick turnaround, it, it'll be quite nice. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just going to be, it's going to be rough right now. And for uh, an arena, it's going to take some time. All of that stuff takes time. So even if that, uh, the whole thing in Tempe does come to pass, it's going to be a while until we're able to actually see it and touch it and feel it. So that's also kind of a, a difficult thing too. So I do think it's going to be a little bit detrimental to the team and to like, you know, the business in itself. Cause you know, uh, it's still an entertainment business and when you don't have a good show to put on it it makes it difficult and especially when you're going through um you know you just went through covid we're now going through a delta variant and it's a lot of things for them to be taking hits on um along with the team going through a rebuild another uh, thing that was funny that I, i had a conversation with someone earlier this week was about uh the fact that they're going to get a draft pick that they got the a, a first round draft pick from Colorado. I, I hope everyone realizes the fact that Colorado is going to be very good this next season. So you should not be expecting that pick to be anywhere outside of the the thirty range at least. Yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. And, but that's the good thing about what we're expecting to be a really good draft class. Let's think about it this way. Seven picks in those first 64, that's more than 10% of the entire first two rounds of the draft. And if you think about it in this way, say you hit on – you just hit on 50% of those players and they all become – and 50% of those players become NHL regulars – Right, so you get three or four of those guys that are going to be contributing at the NHL level. That's a good draft haul, right there, you know, and that's going to get you better quicker. But to me, the big thing is this team is going to be bad enough this year to where I think a lot of prognosticators, a lot of people are going to be expecting this team to be in the bottom three or four teams in the league and possibly contend for the number one overall pick, which is something that this team desperately needs and deserves, for goodness sake, right? For example, Phoenix Suns didn't get their first overall pick and DeAndre Ayton until, obviously, like, what, three years ago, right? So, at some point, the luck's got to change and the lottery ball's got to go the Coyotes' way. It didn't go their way in 2015 for the Connor McDavid-Jack Eichel draft. Maybe, just maybe, we can actually get some freaking luck on our side and the draft balls will fall to where the Coyotes can get the first overall pick next season and I was reading a little bit about the prog specs for the NHL draft next year and and the number one overall pick and I mean it's expected to be this kid from Kingston his name is um Shane Wright 
and I was kind of looking around and he was kind of, and the way they described him was a dynamic playmaker with a sniper's relief. There is virtually no easy to stop him. Right. And he's a center, which the guys have desperately needed. And I kind of saw some comparisons between him and like a Patrice Bergeron type, which like, can you imagine if the Coyotes got the first overall pick and they drafted Shane Wright and he turns out to be the Coyotes version of Shane uh, Patrice Bergeron. Like that would be a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I mean, in, in the NHL, it's centers are a very valued a hard commodity to come by, you know, to have a really good center is a big deal, which is a, a reason why, you know, everyone likes to try and uh, compare people to Patrice Bergeron because he's kind of the ideal of the situation of, you know, that's if, if you're lucky, you can get a Patrice Bergeron and the fact that it's not easy to find. And so in that regard, it, yes, it would be very nice to be able to pick up those picks, I just, as someone, call me bitter, call me a pessimist in this. And and it's funny because I'm very usually not a a pessimistic person. But um, the lowest being a number five, it's very hard for me to think that the Coyotes are going to win a draft lottery anytime soon. Um, it's just, I don't know, outside of, of Buffalo and, uh, the Oilers, I just feel like it's hard to get in there just because of the way that everything is and the Coyotes luck. I don't believe the Coyotes luck will get them in, in the top three. I just don't. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, history's on your side, right? They've only done it, what, once in their franchise history when they when they picked up um, Dalton Strom, and that's it? And that's the thing is it's it is not it has never been fair for the Coyotes. And I know everyone likes to always like bitch about the fact of things that are fair and unfair and life's unfair and you know, like but like in the situation of some shitty teams the Coyotes have had and they really don't even get decent draft picks out of it is always been rough. And I don't know. So if history continues, I would be pleasantly surprised if it comes out to where the Coyotes tank and they do end up actually getting like a top three pick, then I will be very pleasantly surprised and happy. I just, I don't know. I don't trust it. I'm not going to be one of those conspiracy theory people that throws out the fact that like, you know, they always say like, oh, it's actually rigged. Like, I don't think it's rigged. I just think the Coyotes are some of the most unlucky motherfuckers out there, to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree with you. And you can say that for all of Phoenix sports too. Like anytime we've ever brought up this conversation, I always have to remind, I always remind people in the history of Phoenix sports that we can name on one hand all the number one overall picks in the history of Phoenix sports. Uh, Kyler Murray, Justin Upton, Dansby Swanson, and DeAndre Ayton. That's it. 
And then they traded away Dansby Swanson. And I will always remember that because I was working for the team at that time. And I was like, well, that was a lot of excitement for not much. <laughs> and Dansby Swanson doing pretty well in Atlanta. He, um, he hit two home runs in a game this week, including a grand slam. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds about right. And then, you know, trade away Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt does fantastic outside of Arizona, too. Everyone just does really well when they get out of Arizona. And then it's funny because then you end up getting pitching that comes here. And it is, you know, it's Granky, right? It's Miller and it's Granky, and it's going to be fantastic. They come here, don't mesh well with the, the pitching coaching, and Miller goes through divorce issues. Or I don't know if he actually ended up getting forced. He had issues with his wife. I know they got separated somewhere in there. Uh, and they played like trash here. So I don't know. We must live in some type of vacuum that like soon as you cross the border into Arizona, it's just like, nope. Whatever talent you have will be slowly drained from your body. <laughs> yep. As we always say, Phoenix sports can't have nice things. No, not even good things half the time. And then if your hopes are up, you end up having a sun situation where it just ends in disappointment. Everything goes to shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, okay, so speaking of depressing, can I can I inform this poor nation of what happened to me this weekend? Okay. Uh, F, let's point out before he tells this story. Initially, it sounded like Richie was going to need an exorcism. So that's how I'm going to tease your little story before you give it. Is it sounded like you needed an exorcism, and that was so. That's the funniest part of this whole thing. <laughs> okay, so on Saturday. I wake up at my normal time to head to work and I get in my car. I leave for work and I go, I walk around. I'm like, man, something's up with my foot. It doesn't feel good at all. And I, I end up going to work anyway and, and finishing the shift because it's, I don't have to stand at all. It, you know, I was sitting down running the radio show, get back home. I'm like, man, this bitch still fucking hurts. I haven't felt this much pain in my foot ever. And so I'm like, shit, that I hurt my foot somehow. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just Google some things here and try to figure out what the fuck may be wrong with me. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I somehow managed to sprain my ankle or something. I'm just going to, I ended up talking to you when I got home. I was like, I don't know what's up with my foot. Something's wrong with it. And I think you told me, like, hey, well, maybe you should ice it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll ice it. Get a bag of sweet corn out of my freezer. Use some hockey tape to tape it to my ankle. And I ice it. And then I kind of go without my day. I try not to walk around all that much. And a cat comes home. She's like, she tries to ask me what's going on. And, she, and she's not 100% sure, but thinks it's a sprained ankle. I end up texting a friend of the show, Jordan, who is um, an athletic trainer 
Um, so she deals with this stuff all the time. Like Jordan, what is I? What is going on here? I don't know what's going on. Um, hand my phone off to Cat to try and explain to Jordan what's happening, and Jordan ends up diagnosing me through text with a with a sprained ankle, which I thought may have happened while I was sleeping. Because I had no pain on Thursday or Friday. And I'm like, what the fuck did I do? How in the world did I manage to hurt myself while sleeping? So I Yeah, literally he, the way he tells it too is, I haven't done anything. It has to be of when I was sleeping. So Scotty and I are literally trying to figure out, we're like, how the fuck do you do that while you're sleeping? Like, he literally hasn't been doing anything. And Scotty's like, he had to have done something. I'm like, no, he's told me he hadn't done anything he was just sitting around at the station doing normal shit there's at no point that he did anything to and so that's why i said like we were literally trying to figure out like how to how you twisted your foot like backwards that's why i make a joke about an exorcism because you know like in the horror movies your head spins around like we were joking around that that's what happened with your foot yeah exactly and that's what i thought it happened jordan was making fun of me because um, she was like, that would be the most richy thing ever if it ends up that he managed to sprain his ankle while sleeping, which I would like to point out is the most on brand thing. I'm glad that my brand is very strong about around the people that know me best and that I am a child when it comes to most things and I'm an absolute mess and disaster. So that's... <laughs> That's the big takeaway here is an absolute mess and disaster. So I end up going to the doctor. They're like, they look at me like I'm crazy. Cause they're like, okay, well, what are you doing here? You're, why are you complaining so much over a sprained ankle? Uh, I get an x-ray to make sure it's good. Everything's fine. They tape it up. And luckily we're recording on Sunday night. Feels a lot better now, but for a while there, I thought I was going to die because I'm a big ass fucking baby had never sprained my ankle before. And and I was like, and it hurts so bad. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Anyway, much better feeling today. Turns out the doctor believes that I did it while running on the treadmill on Thursday because I was wearing some new shoes. And she thinks that's what may have happened is that for whatever reason, my foot just wasn't adjusted to the new shoes quite yet. And that's possibly when it happened. And it just took 48 hours for it to finally start hurting, which is insane to me. But uh, I'm doing fine now, Sporting Nation. I should be okay, good to go for the all-time low concert and back to full health. But not a good feeling there for about 12 hours. Yeah, so you left out the fact that you went running a couple days before. Like, that would have been, like, good prior knowledge to have. Because then we wouldn't have actually been trying to figure out how you sprain your ankle while sleeping. Um, but, yeah... I, I suggested the whole icing and heat thing because um, I don't know if you knew this, Richie, but when I was a freshman in high school, I played volleyball, and um, one of the most common injuries in volleyball is um, a sprained ankle because when you go up to either spike or block, you're right in front of the net. And if someone decides to make a banana shape with their body, which is basically what uh, the person who was up against me was doing with their body. They take your feet underneath the net down. You land sideways on your foot and you roll your ankle. That's exactly what I did. Went from that to rolling it, just doing other random things. Um, 
actually after a Taylor Swift concert, I was playing volleyball outside and, and rolled it again. Um, and then, um, went into the softball season after that was sliding into third base, rolled it for a third time so badly that I, I couldn't like walk on it. I was having to be on crutches for a while. Um, and long story short, I have a ligament that is has regrown incorrectly in my ankle, and and that's just how it always is. Uh, they said they could like do surgery on it, but they didn't think that that would actually help it at all. So they said to just strengthen everything around that ligament because that ligament is kind of useless at this point. And I've got a big bulge on my left ankle. That was what when I was fourteen. Five years later, when I was 19, I was ice skating with Scotty, and um, he told me to to turn harder. Well, there was a kid that uh, had dug a hole in the ice, dipped my toe into the hole that the kid was digging in the ice that I didn't see him doing. Uh, really gnarly, like, rolled my ankle, was really bad, really big. They thought it was broken because it was that big wasn't broken, just had a really bad injury and ended up getting the exact same bulge from a, the same exact ligament damage on my right foot. So I have two ankles with the same ligament damage. And for, for a long time, when I would go into places that were higher elevation and it would rain, my ankles would hurt. Really? Yes. When I go to New Mexico and it would rain, my ankles would hurt. Yeah. Do we, I, it's, I, I haven't noticed it as much anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm 27 now, so there's some time has passed. But both of my ankles are still all screwed up. I still can't. There's certain things that I can't do. Like part of the problem with me skiing is like my ankle strength. Like I've tried to make it better, but it's still not fantastic. Yeah, so hopefully I'm not headed in that direction because that sounds very painful. And if you and usually I'm pretty good with my pain tolerance, but like I said, I was acting like a massive baby yesterday. So, <laughs> so kudos to you for dealing with that as long as you have. Um, that just shows how much of a badass you are that you can handle it. And you're just like, yeah, happens. Well, after a while, I had sprained my ankle enough times that I literally said that I was just like, eh, yeah, yeah, this is like my fourth time and God knows how long. And then, and I'm like being at my high school where the softball fields are, uh, there's, um, the softball fields are really far in. So I had to be actually like a golf cart, golf carted out. Um, and that they were like, seriously, how do you, and I, I just make the joke that I'm very injury prone. <laughs> I don't know how else to slice it. So that's why I was like, as soon as you told me you had a sprained ankle, I was like, let me tell you the regimen of how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I'm glad the uh, frozen peas were available and that the, I, one of the, I will say it now, one of the most useful things you can have in your house, hockey tape. Can't tell you how many things hockey tape mm -hmm. has been used for in this house. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, and yours. So, yes. Um, yeah, one last quick little nugget here. So after I got done at the doctor's office, I called Corey and the first thing she says to me is hello, peg leg. 
<laughs> it was the only thing I could think of <laughs> that was like one-legged involved. And I don't know why I went the pirate direction, but I could have called you Captain Hook, but that's his hand. Yeah, that wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't have been made a made a whole like, a lot of sense. I know we put out such a meaningful show last week, which I would like to echo your statement and the fact that we did get some really cool feedback from it, and that was uh, kind of out of character for me and the fact that I don't normally go that like uh, deeply serious and whatnot, but. Um, I appreciate the way that everyone reacted to it. It was actually pretty awesome. I get very nervous with the internet sometimes. Um, Sometimes Twitter and the internet in general can be like a very toxic place, but it was um, all pretty cool. So thank you everyone for all the kind words and for listening to it and actually caring what we had to say. Yep. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We will uh, talk to you again later this week. Make sure you use that promo code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and follow the network on Instagram and Twitter and all that good jazzification and whatnot. And uh, please send your well wishes to my Twitter about my ankle. Uh, we're almost – we're getting back there to 100%. Hopefully another day and I'll be okay. Um, until next time, Sporting Nation, good night and good hockey, everybody.